Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, and also your host. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today we have with us Pesci Haas from New York, a visual artist, teacher, and entrepreneur. Welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're actually, I just want to put that out there. I always ask our listeners to submit requests for people they would like to have on the show. And you were actually one of the requests we had from one of our fans. So, oh, that's so nice to hear. Yes, it's, it's awesome when it happens like that. So it's such an honor to have you here. I'll give you the mic, the floor. I'd love to hear about your background and what your upbringing was like. How did you discover your passion and love for the arts? Sure. Um, I grew up a regular from girl from Brooklyn, New York. I guess my passion for the arts started just as an innate talent that I had as a young girl. Taking art lessons, very typical, but obviously always being, it was always fostered by my parents and these lessons were always encouraged. But then once high school started, I went to a very competitive high school. It was called Manhattan High School for Girls on the Upper East Side. A great school, but I had to devote all of my time to my studies because it was hard. It was tough. It was competitive. You know, we had to do well. So art kind of took a backseat at that point. However, I missed it a lot, and I was always involved in the arts in some sort of way. My family was musical, and if I wasn't creating the logo for the productions, um, I was the head of the choir, and the arts were always a part of my life as a teenager. When I finished seminary, I really wasn't interested in pursuing a degree in teaching or in psychology or in any of the therapies. And I was at a loss because I was going to Turo College because that's what my parents really wanted for me. And there wasn't a fine arts or a graphic design or a studio art major at the time. It was in the earlier years. I felt like I was missing something, but I came from a family of businessmen and businesswomen. My grandmother was a big inspiration. She began a business after the war with my grandfather And she inspired us very much. It was a very strong-willed woman. And I said, if not for the arts, let me try a business degree. And so I was in Turo College majoring in business marketing at the time, which looking back, I probably should have stuck it out for a while because it would help me a lot with my marketing, my art right now. But anyway, going back to that, um, I, I wasn't really fully happy. And thank God I got engaged that year, got married. And my husband saw I wasn't too happy, and he said, I really think you should drop out of this degree, drop out of school, and just apply to art schools. And I really that was in June. Schools were starting at the end of August. And so I, I needed my parents' blessing for that because I'm still their daughter. And um, my father said, no problem. And my father was extremely giving and paying for my college degree. And this was going to be a college degree because I wasn't going to go get a um, associate's. It was going to be a full-blown bachelor's degree. And so I applied that June to all the major art schools in New York City, Pratt and FIT and Parsons and School of Visual Arts. And it was a tough month getting my portfolio out. 
And being a from girl who took one studio art course in high school, I didn't have an extensive portfolio. I certainly didn't have a liberal portfolio. So I really didn't think it was going to happen for me. But uh, most of the art schools um, sent me letters of acceptance. And I chose a school of visual arts. It was a very, very liberal art school. And you can ask me questions later by what I mean by liberal, but everything was an option. What I, you know, everything was out there in that school. But that's what I chose because they had the highest ranked painting program and I was going to be majoring in painting. So I began my career. I'd say at this point, it was probably 15 years ago in the School of Visual Arts in Chelsea, New York. And um, I learned so much as much as I respect so many artists who have that niche or who have that innate talent, which I think I always did. But there's so much skill that I learned in four years in art school, be it in drawing, painting, anatomy, illustration, even the history of art. I think the history of art is vital to an artist. We learn so much from the masters. And I take what I learned from them those four years, and I'm still visiting galleries, and I'm still looking up the shows that are in the Met or MoMA or Frick, and I, I need to see it. It's a passion for me. And But not just to fill my heart with art. It's also to fill my hands and my brain with the skill. So that being said, I finished those four years. It was tough. It was very lonely. I was a from girl in a very not Jewish environment and um, with not one friend. I mean, the most I ever did was go out to lunch with some friends or acquaintances or fellow artists and have a coffee or a tea with them. They kind of thought I was this interesting enigma of a person who became pregnant twice in art school, had two babies in those four years. I would have to stare away from oil paint during my pregnancy and use acrylic, which was fine. And I love it till this day. But I was always that different person. Looking back, I guess I'm proud of myself for sticking through through it. But it was tough. It was really, really hard. My subject matters in my art had to be different than everyone else's. But um, I gained a sense of liberal thinking that I probably would have never gained had I not been in school. And after I finished school, I wasn't sure where I wanted to take my career. Okay, so this is so interesting to me. As you are talking, I'm thinking this is so unique because you are from, from birth and you're going into an environment that's for your college. It's not a part-time or an evening program. This is... Right. You're going with full-fledged artists who are going as their college degree to an art school. At first, I'm thinking, do you have friends? And after you say how it was so lonely for you, I'm thinking also on the other end, you know, you're having your first kid and your second kid, and you probably live in a Jewish insular community, and the people, the women who live around you probably have no idea where you came from and what, what you're so passionate about. You probably have had a lot of loneliness on that end in terms of just not being understood by your peers. Just to go a little further, I went to Turo just like you. I majored in business because they didn't have a music program. And just having that disassociation and business definitely helped a lot. Like I would say anyone going into the arts should definitely minor in business or get some education in business. I agree. But having that disconnect of everyone especially in Turo, the fields everyone 
everyone's studying for are extremely practical, are extremely geared toward a firm lifestyle as a wife and mother, even if you're single at the time. And being so out of the box is is just, yeah. Yeah, so in a way it it was hard because my friends were all doing mostly therapies. Some are actually lawyers. I Like I said, I did go to a more out there high school. So my friends were all out there to start careers. So in that sense, we understood each other. But my family was very much into the arts. Um, and I, when I mean arts, I don't just mean like singing. And they, they collected art. They visited galleries. So I had my cousins who definitely understood me. I have an aunt who is an art historian. She, she studies antiquities and she definitely understood me. She's my father's sister. There's definitely a part of her that is, I mean, her blood is my blood, but um, so I, I had people to talk to and to converse about it with and, and definitely understanding from family and cousins. But you're right, that camaraderie that you have in college, I missed it. I definitely missed out on that. So it's it's interesting to just notice that because speaking of sacrifices that artists have at every point of their life, they're at every stage in an and in every area of the life, in a personal sense, in a social sense. For sure. In a career sense yeah. as well. I mean, I have friends who are a little bit older than me who are sending their daughters to college and they ask me about art school. And I, I secretly tell them if you can avoid it, just try, try another way. It's just four lonely years and four years are long. It's a long time. So for a from girl, I mean, I feel like I'm lucky that I came out the way I did. It was really intense. I mean, there was, okay, let's talk about that. (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know if I could say it on the podcast, but we're talking, okay. We're talking about the first year there's no choice but to paint or draw nudes that was really hard and we're also talking about foul language non-stop non-stop foul language even from the professors and it was in the student handbook that it's allowed so it's uncomfortable did I would I have left the classroom for that no I could handle it I've watched movies as a kid you know it's okay you know the nudity was hard in the first day but I knew that if I left that first day, I'd never come back and I'd never finish my year. I'd, I wouldn't have gotten my degree. So I stuck it out. And then second, third and fourth year, they're very amenable to what you want to paint and what your subject matter is. And they, they would even put a curtain up if I needed it. But I didn't ask for that. I didn't want to stand out that much. In the end, I learned a lot of proportion from painting the human body. So it helped me very much in all different areas of my painting career. Was it uncomfortable? I wish it never happened. Kind of. <laughs> did you know about it going in? Like, did you know? No, oh, you had no I was idea. shocked out of my mind. Yeah, no. Yeah. I remember calling my mother. I left the class that I had to get a drink, called my mother on my cell phone. And she said, okay, just leave. If you don't feel comfortable, leave. And mind you, I was three months pregnant. And like, she was probably worried as a mother for her child, like, oh gosh, I don't want her to feel uncomfortable in any way. And then I called my husband and he said, if you leave today, you're never going to go back. You know that. And I said, okay, I'm sticking it out. And I did. It was, it was uncomfortable. It was was basically one semester because then I had my first son and I did take off for the next semester, which was four months. And instead I did an intense summer the next time around instead of that second semester. Mm -hmm. So I, I, Worked with like the student guide and the student counselor. I was probably the second Jewish from mother that needed requests like this, but they worked with me. It ended up being just fine. Like by the, by the time my third year came, I was like as comfortable as anything. I was known as the Jewish religious girl. 
you know, I went by my maiden name, Rachel Jacobowitz Haas. I was definitely very Jewish. <laughs> it just, um, everyone was friendly. I mean, there were artists and there were also people of different orientations. That was also something new to me at the time, to be friends with them, to be among them all day long. Um, but they were of the kindest people. So in terms of their character, uh, they're very nice. I, I'm just coming off of binge listening to Headlines podcast where they talk about women in the workplace and they talk about all these issues dealing with homosexuals for the first time or even learning about them for the first time. I mean, painting and learning how to draw nudity is is something that most people in the unless you're in healthcare don't have to really deal with. But <laughs> right. you're dealing with this on an educational level, not not just a workforce. So it's just so interesting because there is this culture shock that completely happens. And when you mentioned liberal thinking that you were exposed to that changed the way you think, can you elaborate on that? Well, you could imagine as a young from girl taking art classes among, you know, my high school years or not even so much in high school, but before that we were painting landscapes and florals and not even so much, but let's say pictures of Yerushalayim and just my subject matter expanded. That's what I mean by liberal. I was able to look at what my friends were painting, whether it was graffiti art or um, there were some foreigners in the class and what they were coming up with. And everyone was very thought provoking. And I just realized that it doesn't only have to be beautiful mountain scenes. And I, and I just delved deeper. Um, I, I, started to paint a lot of alleyways of the old city, but I did it with garish color and like, for lack of a better word, uh, a graffiti kind of painting, not with words, but very, very modern expressionist like. And I, I didn't think that that was out there so much. Um, suffice to say, my fellow classmates were defining it in totally different ways. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember at the time. It was just comical. Uh, to me, all it was was the old city and just very vibrant strokes. And it was just a new way of painting an old city, basically. That's, I was just learning that there were new ways to explore the arts and to express it on canvas, particularly in subject matter, but even more so in the way I expressed it. Mm -hmm. And so you decide on your major. All your peers are also thinking about what they want to do after school. So what's the next step? You get your degree, you go through so much, you know, four years of loneliness, of potentially compromising or going through culture shock situations just to get this piece of paper, to get this education, the skills, you make it. What happens? Right. Yeah, I graduate. Thank God. Um, I had tremendous support from, I mean, my husband was my rock and my parents helped me so much with my kids and my father paid my tuition. I think he said it was more than my brother's law school tuition, <laughs> but suffice to say, I did make it, but with tons of help and, and support and cheering along the way. Um, I, I didn't know that I wanted to be an artist at that point anymore. I just didn't think it was practical. And so I reached out to my alma mater and I asked my, um, my teacher, my previous principal from Manhattan High School for Girls, if they were looking for an art teacher. And they said, when you, when you finish and you have your degree, contact us. And I did. And I went in for an interview and a mock lesson. I remember my mock lesson was a wire sculpture a la Alexander Calder. First, they did a line drawing 
Um, and then they created, um, they did a line drawing of the girl sitting next to them. So they did a portrait of the girl sitting next to them in one line. And then they did a wire sculpture of that person. I just remember it was a very successful mock lesson. And they offered me the job on the spot. And the next school year, I was to begin teaching. And it went from teaching ninth grade to teaching also 11th and 12th grade to also running the school newspaper. So I was involved there, but it only lasted two years because at that point, my boys were getting older. I was moving out of Brooklyn. I moved to Lawrence and the commute was tough. And somehow my boy, my, my, my family needed me. I couldn't leave the house at 730 in the morning and I put them first. And that was when I realized I do want to be a visual artist. I do want to paint. I do want to exhibit my work and eventually sell it. And that was, you know, that June basically was the changing point for me where I decided it's art, it's painting, it's selling. Okay, so you change your mindset. You have a new idea. You have inspiration. What does that look like? You go out, you invest a ton of money in canvases and oil and yeah although it's not it's not that expensive actually art supplies um because I paint in acrylic remember that (laughs) and I start like a few canvases at a time um in art school I was stretching my canvases and I realized it's just better to just buy them ready-made because it is cheaper and um it's more efficient And I started knocking out paintings one after the next. Um, I didn't have to pay for studio space because my father had, um, my my family's business was uh, in Chelsea at the time on 27th Street um, and Fifth Avenue. And that was pretty premier. And it was also not too many blocks away from the Chelsea art scene. So it was a great spot for me. That's where you painted or you displayed your art? No, that's where I painted for for many years. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, as a mother, as my family was expanding, I just needed my studio to be close to home so that I can leave when my children go and I'm home when they get home. And that was great also. Um, but when I was in Chelsea, I, um, that's when you know, I started to have the beginning. You know, I started to have some art shows. Yeah, let's talk about your... So how do you sell your first painting? And I think it went from zero to selling an entire show. Am I correct? (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did. I was quite lucky during that year. Um, There was something called the gallery guide at the time, and it listed galleries such as Pace Gallery and um, Marlboro, all all of their shows. And I noticed that there was a show listed in there for something called Synagogue for the Arts. And I went to check out the gallery and it was literally in a modern Orthodox synagogue in Tribeca, like a few blocks away from Chinatown. And I thought that that would be a great start for me, but I didn't in a million years think that uh, they'd give me a show. At that time, there was no websites like really for artists. I mean, you, you could have a website, but like it wasn't an ambition that I was willing to tackle at the time. And the way you submitted your work was with slides literally like slides. I had to hire a professional photographer to come photograph my work and then transmit it to slides. And I mailed, you know, slides into this gallery. And, um, about a a month later, I got a call. I was driving to my studio and I got a call and is this Rachel Haas at the time I still went by Rachel Haas. That's how earlier my career was. And I said, yes, it is. I, I do believe I was still teaching in Manhattan high school at the time. 
So this was actually before I left. Um, I do believe it was during that year. Um, during that last year, I was teaching and painting at the same time. So um, I got a call and she offered me a solo show. And I said, are you sure? And she said, yes, I'm very sure. I just want to come down to your gallery, sorry, to your studio to pick out the, the pieces. And so the next week she came and she saw that most of my works were of synagogues, were of shuls from around the world before and after Kristallnacht. Um, and then way later on, you know, there were shuls from the Lower East Side and she decided to pick out only the shuls. She, I had at the time a very large series of Kristallnacht. She did not pick those out. Um, so she picked, she wanted it to be a more happy show and she picked all the shuls from now and from yesteryear. And she said, we're going to call the show Urban Synagogues. And I thought, right, she, with, with your approval, we'll call it Urban Synagogues. And I thought that that was very smart and very um, catchy. And I said, OK, great. And then the show happened, I think, one night in January. And like, as you said, um, I think on that single night, I would say 90 percent of the works were sold out. And that was the first time you ever sold a painting. Yes. And did she price those paintings for you? We priced them together, I would say. What what did it feel like to sell out the first time? It was ex it was really exhilarating. Um, I was I was also in shock. I did not expect that at the time, and it's something that I talk about now. At at that time in my life, I think I was twenty five years old. I did not care about selling paintings so much. We we lived a very regular happy lifestyle. I I wasn't thinking about making grand money. Um, I, I, I want, I was in it for the glory. <laughs> I really, really was. I was in it for my name to get out there for people to see my art. Um, so I was in shock, but I was also so happy, but I didn't really like, it wasn't like my dream. My dream was to have an art show. I was so happy to be listed in gallery guide along with the shows that were going to be in Pace Gallery that month, you know, that was my, I was just coming out of art school. I think I was very idealistic. Um, but the fact that they were all sold was, was, I mean, it was, it, it was starting to become a dream at that point. I was, I was shocked to the point where my next art show, which I do believe was a year later when, um, I was showing, I was, my, my, my dream shifted. It was, let's sell these things and, and let's get my name out there to a new different art forum, to a different, um, variety of people that that's always been my dream now as the years go by, let's, let's get a new bunch of people, a new, um, group of Jews or non-Jews or art lovers to, to come see my art. I want to expand my audience. That's basically where I am now. Mm -hmm. And do you have help? Do you hire a marketer? Right. So no, I don't have I don't have someone help me um, too much marketing, and that's and I I wish I did have someone. I maybe this podcast will bring someone my way, <laughs> because I want to paint. I don't want I don't love the marketing aspect. I don't mind Instagram and posting because, like I said, it's it's the artist in me that likes to work with my photos. And I as a student, you know, I wasn't good at math, but I was good at writing. So, um, I, I do like the writing piece of, um, what comes along with posting things, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or sending out my emails to my group, but, um, officially, no, I do not have a marketer. So you did mention that the expenses for painting is not so high. However, you do have an expensive 
business expense category, if, if I could put it like that. You like to travel. Right. So you can get your photographs, your inspiration to create your new paintings, which makes this career, well, slash when you're working on the inspiration and new art, it could make it extremely pricey. For sure. So can you talk about, is this part of your, you know, I don't care what it costs, this is what I want to do, just like you just went to school without thinking about how this is going to support me and my family? Or is this something you price your paintings at this point, you're able to make back eventually, and it, it and it's worth traveling to create these pieces? It's definitely worth it. If I see that we can't, I can't at that time, I won't, but I will need new inspiration and I'll find it locally. Um, when I can travel, it's, it's, I'm not going to tell you it's a few times a year. It's not, it's not realistic monetarily. It's not realistic for my family life. I, I just can't pick up and go, but I do believe in making it work. And I've spoken to other um, to entrepreneurs who have to travel and we we've supported each other through it and it just has to happen. So it does. Um, but in terms of financially, I, I can't do it more often than I do. Um, but I will then find places in downtown Brooklyn or the Lower East Side. There are beautiful streets, Soho. I've been talking about New York a lot. I, I, I think I'd like to go out to Philadelphia and Boston on my own for a day to photograph. So when I can't go abroad, it's very feasible and affordable to do it locally. So it has, yeah, it has to be, I need that inspiration. I crave it. I must have it. Um, but it doesn't have to be abroad and, and pricey either. More often than not, the pricey and <laughs> the pricey trips are are happening for me and um, they're, they're necessary. But like I said, I, I make it happen in other ways. Mm-hmm. Well, Philadelphia does have beautiful architecture. Uh, I live yeah. there. <laughs> so. Oh, um, my. lucky you. <laughs> yeah. So we should meet. We should meet, and <laughs> and that would be nice. I, I've been there several times, but I, I want to go myself. With I, I've gone with my family. I need to be there myself to photograph. Oh, this side question, but in terms of your uh, photography skills, is it just you, your natural wing it, or do you did you study that exactly? And I and I I do. I would love to take a course, a continuing ed course. I'd even go back to SVA for it. Um, I've asked photographers if they give courses. I'm, I'm searching for just a proper course on photography because, no, it's totally me. And it's like you said, it's my artistic flair that gets in there. But there's for sure rules and laws, <laughs> just like there is in painting, by the way. Yes. Um, I, think, I think we need, as artists, we all need to learn the fundamental rules of our art. Um, and then we can take it where we want. But I, I believe for sure that's... Um, relevant in photography as well so it's in my it's on my to-do list I wouldn't say my bucket list because it's really on my to-do list like imminently I, I feel like I need it um to be a more successful artist right well I do have some recommendations for you if you are open to online courses for sure thank you um, yeah so it seems like I don't know maybe it's your voice or the way you're speaking you sound very content you sound like you found what you've been searching for because it's something you really have to search for. It's not something that's given to you on a silver platter as a from Base Yaakov girl. Yeah, I, I think I'm content because I've tried other things. I loved teaching high school girls. I loved it. I loved 
working on my curriculum. I think it was a masterpiece of a curriculum. I love the place where I worked, where I taught. It was great. I also, um, for a few years, dabbled in art consulting, where I would help people find art residentially and commercially for their homes or their offices, um, banks. That was very, very lucrative. Um, and I felt like I had the background in it naturally because I grew up um, in a family, in an extended family who appreciated the arts. And I had my art history background and my contemporary art background from SBA, from School of Visual Arts. But that was something that I had to immerse myself in a very non-Jewish world. And because I'm talking about finding, when I was finding art for corporations and um, bank offices, I was around, let's say, men all day. That 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 wasn't extremely comfortable for me. Um, I didn't love the tones I was talked to, and, and at certain points, um, and being an art, and at the, all the while, while I was doing all these other um, art-involved careers, I was still in my studio painting. It was still somewhere where I went to because I needed that five hours of painting. And it was always a thought that these paintings were going to be for sale. So I was kind of working two jobs. Yes, two very enjoyable jobs in the arts, nonetheless. But I always went back to painting. And while I'm content at this point, um, I'm not 25 anymore. And it's not always about the glory. It's also about the business. Um, And while I want my art to sell because I still want my name to be out there, I also have um, a long line of business blood in me. (laughs) And like I said, I missed out tremendously on leaving that marketing class um, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, but um, I still have it in me and I want to sell my art and create a business for myself um, and for my family ultimately. But um, I'm content, but I'm still working it and I'm still, I'm not where I, I want to be. Um, I still have ways to go in terms of selling my art and getting my art. There's, you know, the arts is big now. So many different um, cities are opening up galleries. I just um, installed, I just I started exhibiting at Zohara Art Gallery in Lakewood, a brand new gallery that just opened. Um, so like I said, I'm still trying to get myself out there. And um, yeah, it's still, it's still an ongoing uh, dream. <laughs> just a different kind of dream. Right. I think our goals evolve as, as life progresses and we realize. <laughs> yeah, you said it. It's ever evolving. You that's said it, for, for sure. sure. So any closing remarks, if there's anyone who's listening to this podcast right now is really interested in pursuing an arts degree and a career in arts, what would you say? What What's the most important thing to focus on maybe or to have in mind? Um, I think if you can go with a friend, just one friend, it might help. I think it's important to research the institution that you will go to. Um, there are those that are more conservative in terms, you know, in terms of being a Jewish religious girl. It's important. I probably chose one that was a little bit too liberal for my lifestyle, but nonetheless, it was an awesome experience. Um, so I'd say to surround yourself with people in a similar situation, it's not always possible. An artist is not the norm, but I'd say to research the institution and to keep at it because there's going to always be a better artist and there's always going to be someone who is more 
out there than you are, but just keep the course and keep going because someone's going to recognize your art and someone's going to love it one day and you're going to find your followers and your following. Um, so I just say, if this is your dream, just keep, keep at it and make your voice heard. Don't be too shy and don't lose your moment. <laughs> That's what I would have to say. Yeah. That's beautiful. And if anyone would like to follow you or contact you, what's the best way to do that? Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram at Pesci Haas Fine Arts. Um, I have a website, Pesci Haas Fine Arts, also www.peshihaasfinearts.com. And my email address is pesci.rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Haas, H-A-A-S, at gmail.com. And I love getting emails. I, I, you can always call me also. Um, my, my information, is, you email me and I'll send you my information to call. I'd love to meet with you. Um, I'm, I'm open to meeting anyone in the arts, anyone who is a fan and anyone who wants to start up something in the arts. Yeah, we've had a couple of visual artists on the show and some are very involved in organizations and clubs and groups that are for other artists. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've been a part of some, and I am part of some as well. I yeah. think it's great to do that. So the support is wonderful. Support lends more support, and it's just it's a positive way of thinking when you have support. Oh yeah. So thank you so much, Pesci, for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Hey, so if you feel like you got value by listening to the show and you enjoyed this show and other episodes, please go to iTunes and leave this show a good five-star review with a comment. It helps others find the show. Also, do check out the other episodes on this podcast in addition to other updates that I post on my Instagram stories every day. So make sure to follow me at Francisca Music. And please write to me with your suggestions and requests. I always love hearing from you. And see you next time.